Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Dr. Script Podcast, where we talk about your favorite movies, what was good, <laughs> what was bad, and how we can improve on things. We don't just talk about the problems, we give solutions to the problems. And uh, as evidenced by the third time I think I've done this, uh, Taylor's not with us today, but we have a very special guest in the house, Dr. Julie. Hey! <laughs> Why don't you tell the folks at home a little about yourself? Uh, hi, I'm Julie. I am Sam's girlfriend, full disclaimer. Oh no, we're giving oh, away no. everything now. Oh no, oh uh, no. But yeah, so that's me. I studied film and television in college. Which so she has an actual you know, degree. I, I learned something, I hope. <laughs> and I'm hoping I have a new perspective for you guys, because it doesn't seem like... You've had a woman on the show yet? We've or? had Sarah. Ooh, you had Sarah. Wait, oh. I didn't even know Sarah did yeah, it. Okay. Sarah did You've Allison had a woman. And Christy was on. <laughs> okay. For, uh, Taylor did one with Christy. I lied. I do not have a new perspective. Uh, <laughs> hey, every new person has a <laughs> new perspective. There's already been a woman. I also listen to the Bechdel cast a lot, so... Uh, <laughs> so we're here to get female perspectives because it's two white men telling you all about our thoughts on things, but not this week because... Uh, this week we're talking about John Tucker Must Die, <laughs> and, you know, the Bechtel test is a very uh, uh, female-driven thing, and John Tucker Must Die might be the most female-driven movie we've chosen. Uh, how do you feel about John Tucker? Do you have a history with the film? Oh, well, with John Tucker or with John Tucker Must Die? <laughs> oh, sorry. Let's start with just John Tucker himself and then John Tucker Must Die. John Tucker die. himself, he is... A very gorgeous man. I don't know the name of the actor. Uh, I did not look it up. You know the names of everyone. What's his name? I think his Do name you know? is Jesse something. I'll look Jesse it up right something. Now. I don't know. He's very beautiful. He's also 28 years old. Well, in, from the movie, he's now 40. Oh, he's plus. 40 now. But when the movie was shot, his name is Jesse he was 28 Metcalf. years old. <laughs> but so I can be attracted to him as a 24-year-old. That's all right. <laughs> yes, and looking That's at him okay. in high school movie because he's a 28-year-old man playing 10 years younger. So he's absolutely gorgeous in the movie because, you know, he's not 16 yes. like everybody else. <laughs> but now what's your relationship with John Tucker Must Die? Yes, that relationship. I... Watched that movie over and over and over in middle school. I fell asleep while it was playing. The menu screen would play all night while I was sleeping. <laughs> I loved that movie. And so going back to it to listen to it again, as a, or to watch it again, I was a little bit nervous because I was like, I don't think this is going to be good the second time around. And I was mostly right. I still had a great time watching it, but I wouldn't say it's the highest quality film that I've seen in recent time. <laughs> John Tucker Must Die, equally for me, was just as much a, uh, uh, I think Taylor and I have talked about it on the podcast before, a DVD, like, car movie, where I had one of those cars that, like, my parents had those cars that had, like, DVD Ooh, players to keep, to keep the kids entertained because we were, you know, annoying. And so, <laughs> that was, but when my sister got to choose a movie, uh, it was almost always John Tucker Must Die. <laughs> so I've seen this movie plenty of times. It's a fun movie. I have a, a good relationship with it, and I... Hadn't seen it in the better part of a decade, so it was fun to come back and wonder uh, how it holds up. And before we kind of get into it, how do you f- how do you feel about the movie? Like at just currently, as cur- yeah. Uh, currently, I would say it's still very fun to watch. I had a great time drinking almost an entire bottle of wine and watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> John Tucker Must Die about a, a lovely movie about uh, four women trying to get even with uh, a horrible ex boyfriend and. His name Probably is John Tucker. Three. Well, three exes and one uh, quirky girl. So, <laughs> without further ado, let's get into the full summary. 
All right. We, uh, Ready for this. We open on uh, Brittany Snow playing a, a young woman named Kate who moves around all the time because her mom dates a bunch of bad guys, and apparently when she breaks up with men, she has to move to new towns. Which is insane. Yes. I can't even imagine just someone dumps me, and immediately I'm like, oh, guess I gotta move. I mean... Because I have to pack everything up and move to a new town. Does she have a job? We don't establish it. I don't know. But apparently she can move wherever she wants at any time, with no problem. But basically she moves, they move to a new town... Uh, I think it's in Washington, because one of the license plates says Washington, so we're going to go with that. All right, all right. And Kate's always the new girl in school, so she never makes any friends. And uh, while she's working her job at a restaurant, she notices this guy, John Tucker, who's the most popular boy in school. And she sees him going out with one of his girlfriends. And you heard me right, I said one of his girlfriends, because... Kate notices that he's going out with three girls that go to his that go to her restaurant and he has three different personalities whenever he talks to all these girls. There's the head cheerleader and he's the head of the basketball team. Played by Ashanti. She's the head cheerleader. <laughs> Anybody remember Ashanti? From I barely remember Ashanti, but she's there. I just remember Ashanti from the Muppets Wizard of Oz. That's how I know her. I have not seen that, but I believe you. She doesn't like the Muppets. I do not like the Muppets. Okay, that's, that's, another, that's another time yeah, for a couple another therapy time. podcasts. <laughs> uh, Ashanti, and then uh, another one, Sophia Bush, who plays kind of like a vegan hippie kind of girl who, apparently when you're a vegan, you're also a slut, according to yes, this movie. I want to like pause on this for a second. I just want to know, is that really a stereotype? Do people think that vegan activists are sluts? Because I have never heard that before in my life. Never. I was shocked by it when I watched the movie the first time. And still watching it now, I have never heard that stereotype anywhere other than this movie. I do not know if it's real or not. I do not know of any, like, vegan who is more or less promiscuous than any other person. But is it a stereotype? Like, even if it's not true, is it something people say? Like, ooh, if you're a vegan hippie, whatever, you're a slut. I've never heard that. If anybody knows, please leave a comment in our... <laughs> Twitter or, Please, our, or honestly. send an email. We'll give you all those names uh, at the end of the podcast. <laughs> uh, and then the third girlfriend who I don't think has become as famous as the rest of the girls because oh, no. I don't remember her actress. But she's uh, the smart one. She's the head of like the AV club, the head of like the debate She's team. in every yeah. club. She's writing a children's book. We yes. mentioned that. In she the does scene. a lot of things. And uh, Kate turns to her co-worker and is like, how does a guy, you know, do all that? And then the co-worker tells her, oh, he... He picks girls that are from different social circles so they'll never run into each other. He uses an excuse and to get away with it. <laughs> and the funny part is that Kate asks their coworker, oh, how do you know all this stuff? And she just starts tearing up and says... She starts sobbing. <laughs> she's my favorite character, She honestly. only has two scenes and she's perfect. She's perfect. She does a great job. I don't know that actress's name, but I love her. We'll I want to look later. her up. <laughs> uh... Kate finds out all this info about these girls but doesn't do anything with it. And uh, later on at school, someday later, uh, there's... While day. Dirty Little Secret is playing. That's uh, while, very important. <laughs> while the mid-2000s hit Dirty Little Secret plays, uh, the girls... Uh, John Tucker comes to school and interacts equally with all three of them, but nobody notices because he's keeping them his dirty little secret. 
Except he's being super obvious. He's walking around the school and he's like whispering in their ears and tucking hair behind their it's also ears. Like just touching their butts, like and openly. touching their butts. And he goes up to one girl and she feeds him icing off of a cupcake and he licks it off of her finger. It's very much like he he sucks the icing off of her finger. It, he sucked the entire fingernail. It is so off of obvious. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> but anyway, uh, on that day. Uh, the all the girls are in PE class together and they're playing a game of volleyball. And Ashanti hears Smart Girl. I'm so, Smart I feel, Girl. You I need to look so her bad. up. I don't know what their names are. They don't Smart really, Girl. They don't address um, their names. Okay, often. her character name is Carrie Schaefer. Okay, so I'll I'll do their their first names. Okay. So Carrie whispers to another friend uh, that she's dating John Tucker. And Heather, played by Ashanti, overhears this and starts a fight with her. And by hitting her in the head with a volleyball, which would hurt a lot in hurt. real life. If anyone's ever played volleyball, they hurt your hands when you play, so it's going to destroy your face. But uh, then Beth <laughs> tries to intervene. Beth, played by Sophia Bush, comes in and tries to intervene. But like, hey, peace and love. And they're like, but we need to... We need to fight against John Tucker. And she's like, I'm dating John Tucker. And the three of them all fight. And somehow, over and over while they're fighting, they keep hitting our main character, played by Brittany Snow, a.k.a. Kate, in the head with the volleyball over and over. I do not know why she didn't just back up so that she wasn't going to get hit, but she stayed real close and she kept getting hit with the ball so that she was involved with the fight. But then she, <laughs> at the very end of the fight, yells at them to be like, you guys need to get over your stuff. And, you know, not be such uh, mean people to each other. You, you shouldn't be mad at each other. You should be mad at John Tucker. Yeah, which is a great message. I love that message. When I was little, I was always very confused when I would watch movies and they would, someone would be cheating, a guy would be cheating, and all the girls would be mad at each other. I'm like, he's the one cheating. And so when I was in middle school and I saw this movie, I was like, this makes sense. I get it. Yes. <laughs> they should be mad at him. And so this movie finally was... Telling everyone, like, yes, if a guy is cheating on you, be mad at the guy, because he is the one who is cheating. Oh, don't so, worry. We're about to undermine that message in oh, this yeah. movie. Oh, yeah. We do we do undermine that message. I bit. mean, kind of. They they try to hold it they up. Anyway. a little bit. Anyway. Yeah, so all four of them get sent to detention. Uh, Where we meet... Penn Badgley. <laughs> uh, if anyone's familiar with Penn Badgley, he's the serial stalker on you right now. He's yes. also, what's his name from Gossip Girl? Uh, oh, he's, yeah. He's, he's the Gossip Girl, isn't he? On is, Gossip does Girl? He a, spoilers for Gossip I've Girl. I've actually never seen Gossip Girl. I, I, I could I, be very wrong. I don't know either, but Penn Badgley, 10 years ago, before he was a stalker. He's uh, very cute. He has curly hair, and he's very precious. I was into it. He His character name is Scott, but they literally only say his name once, so he's going to be referred to as Penn Badgley from now on. Yes, he is Penn Badgley. So Penn Badgley's also, he's in the library before detention starts, and Kate gets to detention early, because she's, she's quirky, and she tries to do everything by the books. Yeah, and he's singing a cheap trick. He's singing, I want you <laughs> to want me. I need you. And she's like, ooh, I know that song. And he's like, gasp, you know Cheap Trick. You're not like the other girls. Well, it's like, it's like that, that thing that happens in romantic comedies where a girl is just reading Pride and Prejudice and the boy quotes the first sentence where it's like, uh, uh, some, I, I, I was in Pride and Prejudice and I said the first fucking line of it and I cannot remember it. But it's one of those things where someone does like a classic book and it's like, you read Jane Austen? It's like, well, yeah, it's We're like, all in high school. <laughs> <laughs> 
we all read the same books. We all listen to similar music. Like it's not I, a quirky thing. I don't even really know Cheap Trick, but I know the song I Want You to Want Me. Like, I know the lines to that song. Everyone, when I was in middle school, I knew the lines to that song before I saw this movie. It is not a quirky girl thing. The moral of the story is that they both recognize the song. They have a meet-cute moment, and uh-oh, she finds out that Penn Badgley is John Tucker's younger brother. <gasps> that has nothing to do with the rest of the movie, like... <laughs> At all. We'll get back to this, but we don't really need Penn Badgley in this movie. Completely unnecessary character. Indeed. Unneeded. It was like a human studio note of like, ooh, we actually need her to end up with a guy at the end. They're like, okay, just like, here's Penn Badgley. We'll keep him around. And at the end, she can kiss him. It'll be great. I think, I don't even think she kisses him at the end. They just, like, And then he'll be around. Because, like... (laughs) I genuinely think they could have shot the whole movie, gotten to the editing phase, and then the studio was like, can we have a love interest? And they just went back and shot yeah. the scenes with him. Yeah, he's so deeply unnecessary. <laughs> but uh, but Penn, okay. Penn Batchley leaves, the other three show up, and they all start talking, and they're arguing again about John Tucker, and they're all like, he deserves to be with me, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Brittany Snow, Kate... It's going to be so hard to say their real names. Uh, We're going to confuse people if they haven't seen this movie. (laughs) Most people haven't seen this movie. Well, it's a big DVD movie. I bet people have seen it. Lots of people saw this movie when they're in middle school. They just don't remember. But Kate uh, whispers, is like, you know, shut up. And they're all like, excuse me. And she's like, listen, if I were you guys, I wouldn't yell at each other. I would just get even with him. And so (gasps) later that night at home, Kate's mom... Uh, played by Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> we could not let go of just Jenny McCarthy being anti-vax. That was what we were thinking about the whole time. <laughs> it, it was just, it's very distracting. I mean, that's a distracting part. The other distracting part is that she's only 14 years older than Brittany Snow. So it's really <laughs> weird, which in turn means she's only four years older than John Tucker. Like, Oh no, I didn't even think about like, that. <laughs> that means that like, all of the actors were within 10 years of age of each other, including the mother character. But Yikes. But, I mean, I get it because the whole point of her was she was supposed to be the hot mom. Yeah. She was the hot mom. Like, she wasn't so, just a mom that they cast as this hot young lady. Like, she was supposed to be young and hot looking. That was the was point. But somehow was able to afford a house and to move, like, she has to. Her first husband was fucking rich <laughs> as shit. Like, he had so much money. Probably. I mean, assuming she got married. The point being something... I mean, this might be a more major note, but, like, I want to know what's wrong with her mom. What is wrong with Jenny McCarthy? Because, like... Well, what's wrong I with get, Jenny McCarthy? I get about. that she is into... Okay, yeah. But, like, <laughs> the character. Whoever the character is. Because something about her... Like, I get that she keeps dating dicks and they keep running out on her in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. But, like, that many people, that many men, we saw, like, 30 different men leave her in the middle of the night. Like... I mean, what is she like? What is she doing? People have, you know, like what is happening here? (laughs) Shitty people. And, you know, maybe she just only picks men who are like really great runners who can escape (laughs) in the middle of the night. And normally I would think, oh, you know, like it's not her fault. She just she's attracted to dicks. You can't control who you're attracted to. It's not her fault. But the fact that she immediately moves after each one just makes me a little bit suspicious. Just a little bit. I just 
what is going on here? I want more information about what is going on in these relationships with Jenny McCarthy. Is she like, they're having sex in the middle of the night, and they're having a great time, and he's like, oh, yeah, I had a great time. Let's cuddle. Oh, I want to spend more time with you. And she's like, yeah, uh, do you vaccinate your kids? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, of course. And she's like, oh. And then that's when they leave. Oof. Honestly. <laughs> We had a good time with Jenny McCarthy. So Jenny anyway. McCarthy's about to go, go on a date, and as she's leaving, uh, she says to Kate, hey, you've got some friends at the door. And sure enough, Heather, Carrie, and Beth all show up at her door, and they're like, you said we should get even with John, so we're going to do that right now. And, and then we have what may or may not be the only conversation in the movie to pass the Bechdel test, <laughs> which if you don't know, the Bechdel test is when two women have a conversation, even if it's brief. They have to be two female named characters, a conversation that isn't about a man. So for about three seconds there, they talk about uh, Carrie, Carrie's yeah. notes. Yeah, Carrie, like, and how she keeps lists. notes and lists on her computer. They talk about it for probably about ten seconds. And they do technically talk about Heather and her weird... Uh, her mom's estrogen pills? Yeah, that she does that. But they talk about the estrogen pills in relation to how they're going to use them on John Tucker. So I'm not sure if that counts or not. It's debatable. It's debatable, but... Did we miss something here? Because the estrogen we, is not first. It's the photos. We can... Oh, yeah, they do... It, well, it's a very small thing. They uh, carry... So we, we missed a scene in there. That's fine. We don't have to... It's We can just skip ahead. Just Carrie, okay. Carrie gets a photographer to take photos of... Uh, it's not Carrie, John. actually. It's Beth. Really? So Beth... So... So Beth... Uh, <laughs> Take takes John out to the woods with a photographer, and the photographer takes pictures of John, and she's like, oh, don't worry, this is going to go, you know, some cool male model stuff, and he's like, oh, cool, and then John Tucker is going on a date with some other girls in the movies, and you know how they play ads before movies? Indeed they do. Thank <laughs> they, you, Sam. <laughs> Listen, some people don't, <laughs> people, nope, not a lot of people go to the movies anymore, people save know the theatrical ads. experience. Uh, and the there's an ad that pops up that's, you know, it's like, do some guys look like this? And the girl's like, oh, wow, you model? And he's like, sometimes. And then it says, this could be the face of genital herpes. <laughs> and, and she storms out of the movie theater and everyone notices that it's him and start throwing popcorn at him and making fun of him. Yeah, but then after that, he gets an award for being a responsible teen uh, for doing a herpes ad, and he goes on the stage, and he's like, I personally don't have genital herpes, but I'm happy to represent the people who do and make a difference. And then we see some kids who the whole joke is that they're ugly and they have herpes, and you can see it on their lips. Not a great joke. Not a like, great we're gonna we're going to note that one as something that probably shouldn't have happened. Not great. But then we'll move into... <laughs> Uh, another problematic part of the movie is when they have a conversation about uh, putting estrogen into John Tucker's uh, protein shake. Yes, and there are so many problems with this. I honestly don't know a ton about taking estrogen supplements because people... I don't know anyone who does that. I know people do, mostly older women. I think women close to menopause mm -hmm. decide to take estrogen pills. But what I do know is that if you take those, they're not going to affect you in the way that is portrayed in this movie. I am confident in that. Well, the way it's portrayed in the movie <laughs> is that John Tucker takes the estrogen, and then during a very important basketball game, he starts... Uh, 
Um, uh, I'm doing air quotes right now. <laughs> acting like a woman. Yes, definitely uh, acknowledges air quotes uh, because, because uh, what he does uh, is the most stereotyped woman act that you could ever think of in your life. He's like walking around with the basketball and he's like, oh, why does no one think about my needs? I want people to think about me and what I want. And he's like, oh, my nipples hurt. And he genuinely <laughs> asks his friends, do these basketball shorts make my thighs look fat? And Yep. And then he runs out crying and all the men, like, after the next day, he's getting made fun of, but in the sa- then in the same vein as the herpes thing works out for him, a bunch of girls walk up to him and say, it's so good to be sensitive. It's so brave what you did. I wish every man could be as sensitive as you are. And, so, and they're all into him, so all the men are like, oh, he did that on purpose, because he knew that would get him all the ladies. Ooh, we respect him. And they're like, shit, man, we tried all this shit to ruin his life, and it just keeps making his life better. What else can we do? Well, this is when John Tucker breaks up with all three of his girlfriends basically at once. Yes, all of our main character girlfriends that he has because he's like, hey, all these other women are after me now, so I think I can uh, so move on and find some new ones. And so to uh, to find Solace, they all go to Kate's house, and they all commiserate, they all have pizza and have some food together, they're all hanging out and having a good time, and just when you think the Bechdel test might be passed again, they're like, hey Kate, what if you start dating John and destroy him from the inside? Yeah, and during that whole scene, I just want to mention that they're horrifically mean to her. Yes. Just the whole time. They're so mean well, to they her. they talk about how she's not as pretty as them, and they're, she's not as smart as them, and she's not as ahem, experienced as mm-hmm. them. Because, you know, ve- all vegans are sluts, all right? All vegans are sluts. <laughs> That's a thing that everybody knows. Yes, everybody knows that. And just as they're about to walk out and say, fine, I guess, I guess you don't really want to help us, Kate's like, wait, I want friends. Come back. Mm-hmm. And she agrees to uh, start making herself uh, attractive in the eyes of John Tucker. Yes. Which is mostly involves just playing hard to get. Yes. Because John Tucker is used to girls falling all over him because he's the most popular guy in school. So the way that they plan to make her distinct from the crowd is to have her play very hard to get. And one thing that I actually really like about this movie is that they do not have a makeover scene because we're not trying to pretend that Britney Snow isn't gorgeous. Yeah, she's not wearing glasses. Her yes. hair's not up. She's because just she's Snow. been pretty the whole time, and we have never pretended that she wasn't pretty. She's just been awkward, and she moves around a lot, and she's not been able to make friends. But no one's ever been like, ooh, Britney Snow, you're ugly. Yeah. Or you're nerdy, or you're geeky. She's hot. We all know she's hot. There was a moment where they said that she's not as hot as Heather, played by Shanti, which, yeah, fair. She's a Shanti. But, like, like, she's a Shanti. <laughs> but, so. the, but the, the thing that gets her noticed, because the thing that is that gets her noticed is that she joins the cheerleading team with Heather. And so, because she's there and she happens to be around when John Tucker walks up to Heather and then notices her. And that's how they have their little, little, uh... Well, first meeting. Yes, and she's playing very hard to get, and it really works. It's it's high quality. High quality playing it's, hard to it's get. It's interesting how she's so awkward, and then when the time of truth comes, she is very good at playing hard to get and very sexy and whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say sexy. She's, she's supposed to be in high she's school. Like 16, she is still. 20. but <laughs> <laughs> She's Britney Snow at 20 We looked old. her up. Okay. She's 20, but still questionable. Um, um, so I think we can just kind of skip and just be like, uh, she does more stuff. Well, I like- want to talk about how as soon as she 
is starting to do this persona, they decide to make her a cheerleader, and they bring her in for the first practice, and they kick out an injured girl. They're like, hey, you've had a good run. Get out of here. And she's like, I just sprained my ankle. I'll be fine in two weeks. And they're like, no, you're done. The season's over for you. And they kick a girl off the team. And then they're like, Kate, go on the top of the pyramid, which... As someone who did team female sports that involved lifts, immensely dangerous. Whenever I did lifts, and I did figure skating, and we did lifts, and it would be months of training, of lifting with mats under us before we would do it on the ice Mm -hmm. and actually try it in motion. And they're just like, put her on top of the pyramid. They give her no instruction. They put her all the way on the top. The whole pyramid (laughs) crumbles. And somehow none of them are dead. They're fine. But, like, goddamn. I mean, I get she needs to be on the cheerleading team to attract him, but, like, why do you have to put her on the very top of the pyramid? Completely unnecessary, but okay. Anyway, we'll continue. we'll continue. That's just something for me personally. <laughs> uh, they start doing, you know, things to make her seem more attractive to John. They they put on a camera that goes like on uh, uh, Kate's clothes so that they can the track boob her. cam. The boob cam, and that's where we have our very first indication that Beth, played by Sophia Bush, Sophia Bush, is a bisexual icon. <laughs> <laughs> She is a bisexual bisexual icon. icon. I mean, from the early 2000s, we didn't have a lot, so bisexual icon. But um, she's super... They put this camera on on Kate's, like, bra strap, and they call it a boob cam. And Beth keeps doing this motion where she puts her face super close to the boob cam and keeps moving it close and going, Hi! Hi! She's really into the boob cam, and that's our first indication that she is a bisexual icon. And we will very quickly get to the the one hundred percent evidence that she is in fact a bisexual. Yes, yes, icon. but we'll get there later. So Kate goes on like a beach date with uh, with John Tucker, who's kind of it's like a beach party. Like so, a bunch of people are there. Uh, now that she's like been the object of John's affections, people start noticing her, and they all say, "Hi, Kate!" And she's she, like, you know, "Oh my God, I'm a person. People know my name. <laughs> people can see me." And uh, she and John actually have a, a good date. They, you know, he puts his jacket around her. They roast marshmallows. But from the distance, Penn Badgley looks and is like, I like her. I like her. Me, me, me. Why am I in this movie? I don't belong in this <laughs> Penn movie. Penn Badgley didn't want to be in this movie either. <laughs> and uh, at the, at the kind of the, towards the end of the night, John's like, hey, do you want me to take you home? And she's like, Sure. And then she starts freaking out because she doesn't know what to do. She's like, oh, my God, I've had no friends, and I've never been on any dates. Also, I'm in high school. A lot of people haven't been on dates, but that's okay. We'll pretend like it's super weird. So she's walking (laughs) to the car. She, like, yells into the boob cam. She's like, guys, somebody come help me. I'm going to his car right They go to his truck. It's a a Land Rover. It's a Jeep. It's a Jeep. It's a Land Rover. Right? It's out on the tire. I don't know what a Land Rover is. It's basically a Jeep. (laughs) A Land Rover is like a nicer Jeep. I just know the word Jeep. (laughs) Anyway. So so she gets into his Jeep, and... uh, Beth, Beth my queen, my bisexual icon. uh, Kate's like, I don't know what to do. Like, when he takes me home, what should I do? And Beth's like, don't worry. All you need to do is just... Don't go, don't go too far. Don't do anything. Just give him one kiss to leave him wanting more. And it's very hot. I'm not gonna lie. Because... It's very hot. She's like, ooh, just bring your face closer. 
like this and he'll look into your eyes and blah 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 I'm just making these lines up I don't actually know what they are but and then they kiss they lock lips Which right it's most and most likely is in fact Kate's first kiss because she never indicates that she has any experience with anybody yes and it's this moment and then right at that moment it cuts to this like tiny teenage boy is probably like 13 he's like very young standing in front <laughs> of the jeep sad card from hit with the headlights and he says Holy Jama Lama, kiss her again. Do it. <laughs> was that a good impression? That's a good impression. But from behind him, you can see John Tucker walk into the car. So uh, Beth hops straight into the back of the car, hides herself underneath some of his jackets, and John gets in the car yeah. and starts driving. Uh, starts driving Kate home. Yeah. So I want to uh, just briefly. Yes talk about that because like clearly that scene at the time in the early 2000s was only done for the enjoyment of male gays for the enjoyment of well for male straights oh you're so funny the gaze <laughs> of men the g-a-z-e of men <laughs> and it was i mean it's unclear but then when you see that part with the teenage boy like obviously it was done just because ooh, two girls kissing is hot mm-hmm. blah, 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 and it was blah. something to put in the trailer so that Wait, boyfriend oh yeah it's the in movie. the trailer it's in the main credits it's in like the main yeah, selection the DVD, menu. dvd menu and everything but honestly as a young middle school girl growing up by and not knowing how to feel about that or anything about that that scene was very important to me. <laughs> Sophia Bush is a bisexual icon. Yeah. Now. Like, thinking back, that's one of the first scenes where I was watching that scene, and all my friends around me were just like, haha, this is funny. And I was watching it like, oh my god, I love this. Girls kissing. <laughs> like, I loved that scene, and I couldn't tell anyone that I loved that scene, but I did. It was very important to me, even if it was not done for the right reasons. And let's continue at this point. <laughs> so, at this point, John Tucker's driving Kate home. Beth is in the back of the car hiding under some jackets, and uh, they get back to her place, and Kate... uh, She finds her bra. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The weird joke is that Beth finds a bra in the back of the car and, like, is about to be mad at John, but then it says 100% hemp. So she knows it's (laughs) her vegan bra. So so she just tucks it away, which is... That's funny. Good joke, good joke. (laughs) Good joke, good joke. And then they get back to Kate's house. Uh, John walks Kate, like, close to the front of the door, and he's about to get back to the car, but... Uh, Beth is trying to escape the car, and her skirt gets caught in the door of the Jeep, and Kate, in a moment of trying to save Beth, pulls John into a kiss, and uh uh-oh, it seems like Kate likes it. (laughs) And Beth is able to escape, but she loses her skirt on the way, and it tells an arguably good joke where she gets back into uh, Heather's car and is like, even when I'm not on the date with him, he still gets me out of my skirt. (laughs) Ha ha. I like that joke. It's a that's good a, joke. That's a, that's a good play on, like, on that. It's not a slut shame thing. She's saying it about herself, yeah. and it's just, you know, it's a good joke. Good joke. And then, so yeah, Beth, uh, so Kate kisses John Tucker. Beth gets back in the car, and uh, all is now uh, well in the world. Oh, and then we have the weird scene that we think is in the wrong spot. Uh, oh, yeah, because then later, it, it's kind of like, I don't know if it's supposed to be the next day or that same night. Or something something was cut or shifted around because this really doesn't make sense. So but John Tucker starts like is like driving around outside their house, outside Kate's house, and the three girls, the three ex girlfriends, notice, and he's he's like called her house like five times, and so she finally picks up the phone, and is like, "Hello," 
And he's like, John talks like, hey, I was wondering if you were free Saturday night. And she starts playing hard to get again, even though she already went on, like, a date. And I think there might have been another scene in there where they went on another date or something like that. They've already had, like, a connection. And she's like, I don't know. Oh, hey, there's this weird Jeep outside my house. I'm thinking I'm going to call the cops on it. And then he's like, oh, no, uh, don't worry about calling the cops. I'll I'll see you on Saturday. And then he drives drives away, having, like, hit a bunch of garbage cans and uh, a bunch of stuff. It just seems like it's in the wrong spot. Like, that should have happened before their date where it went really well and she was feeling emotions. It just didn't make much sense, but... But, okay. Because then we'll they, allow it, I guess. Because then she goes on another date with him to, <laughs> ironically, the restaurant that she works at, where yeah, that's a weird place to go on a date. But okay. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, he 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 goes there. He's that he's a regular now, and her coworker sees her and starts and crying again. <laughs> well, no, they don't actually even go on a date there. For some reason, they walk through that restaurant yeah. to get to a boat that they're going to go on a date in. They do not have a date in that restaurant. Yeah. They just walked through that restaurant, and we decided that restaurant was close enough to that boat so that we could have that scene with the waitress crying. Yes. Like, it's really a stretch that I didn't even notice until we were talking about it right now. Cause, yeah, because they pull... They, uh... Sorry, Cat Stevens is clawing at the door. I know. Oh, no. Let him in. All right, you can come in. Do you want to do a podcast? Stevens. My cat wants to join the podcast. Hold, please. So they go on a date on a boat. Yes. And uh, somehow walking through the restaurant. And they, uh, it's actually, it's a, it's a pretty solid date. Like It's a romantic date. Like I was watching it and I started like holding Sam's hand while I was watching it, which yeah. always means like, Ooh, I'm feeling the romance. Feel the romance. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't have a boat. Okay, you can buy a boat later. <laughs> <laughs> With all this money I'm making off this podcast. Mm, yes, definitely boat worthy. Uh, um, and so the as they start sailing out, they lose the the camera connections going away, and so the three girls run in. They're like, "Where'd she go?" And the crying waitress <laughs> points in the direction of the boat, and they run after her, and they get in this tiny motorboat that somehow they stole this motorboat. Like, so extra. (laughs) Like, you can't just wait until the date's over and hear what she has to say. You have to get onto a boat. And then what do you think? If you get close enough to their yacht, they're going to see you. And it's going to be very awkward. And if you don't get close enough, you will get no information. So there really is no good outcome here. They just jumped on that boat, and it was a bad idea. And that's what they did. Yeah, but Uh, okay. (laughs) But so, meanwhile, on the date, uh, John Tucker's actually being really sweet and saying nice things, and they have just a a regular conversation. It's not about hooking up, it's not about anything, it's just a nice time out. So the next day, when all four girls gather together again, uh, Kate relays the information to them, and... And she's clearly having some feelings at this point. She feels some sort of emotion towards John Tucker. I don't know if it's love, but she, she feels something. I mean, they do, like, call her out on it, though. Like, they say... Like, hey, you're in love with John Tucker, aren't you? She's like, no, I'm not. (laughs) I think she's just starting to feel a little bit guilty because he seems like a real person. Yeah, well, he's starting to actually, like, show real emotions. Yeah. Uh, And then, but to to prove that he's not a real person. The 82 Bordeaux, uncork it and pork it. Carrie uh, sneaks into the boys' locker room and films uh, John Tucker bragging about how he's going to 
uh, well, get some with Kate on their on their away basketball game this weekend. Which before then he was actually being kind of sweet and he was like, oh, you know, I'm, she's an eighty two Bordeaux. You don't have to uh, open it right away and blah blah blah. And the guys are like, ooh, you're whipped, you're whipped. Like still he's calling her an object, which is bad. But hey, it's locker room but, talk, you know, so it's fine. Oh god. And <laughs> finally they're like, you're whipped, you're whipped, and he's like, oh. Uh-huh uncork it and pork it or something like that yeah, and they start singing a song and it's very catchy and, then, and I still know it to this day and then while they're at the away game Carrie shows Kate the footage and she's like oh fine I'll get at him and so uh, Kate she puts on some lingerie which it's always questionable when a movie that sets everything in high school so all their characters are supposed to be underage uh, does a gratuitous underwear scene is always questionable. Also, um, some, not great. To be fair for her, for someone who just started working out, she has some very solid abs. She does have some very solid abs, but we should not be <laughs> we should not be objectifying a objectifying 16-year-old. a sixteen year old's abs. Which, to be fair, Britney Snow is twenty, and that makes it better. But she's playing a high schooler, yes. so there's this very skeevy vibe to it that I do not like in this day and age. But if the problematic messages weren't enough to date this movie, we do a scene where she gets on a webcam video mm, chat. Of course. And it's John. this very old-looking webcam because it's the early 2000s. And it's just this chunky it's chunky laptop with a chunky webcam, and they start having a, a sexy discussion. And she mm. tells him that, hey, he should put on some uh, a little gift a that he left for her. Or that she left for him. And, and it's a thong. <laughs> it's a thong. And she, he puts it on, and she's like, come over to my room. I'm three doors down from you. And then three doors down. Okay, you're, you're missing a piece there. Uh, she says, put on this thong. I'm three doors down from you. You need to go outside, go onto the balcony outside of the building, and scale the wall in this thong to get to my room. So, I'm three doors down. So at this point... <laughs> It's very bad to put estrogen in someone's stuff, but technically, I mean, in a way, you don't think that's going to kill someone. To trick him into dating him, yeah, that's cruel, and that's not going to kill him. You're going to have him scale the outside of a building to get to you in nothing that could potentially kill him. Hey, he didn't have to do it. He didn't have to. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> he chose to do it. Oh, no. So, he climbs over to... You know, he cheated on, like, 30 women. My sympathy isn't super high. (laughs) I mean, I'm against killing people, though. I don't think he was going to die. He's very athletic. He wasn't that high up. He'll be fine. So, he climbs over to uh, the the hotel room she told him to go to, and he climbs into bed, and he's... Strikes a pose, you know. And out pops the cheerleading coach. And Uh she's very old, and she screams... Pulls him out by the ear, brings him to the coach, and is like, I believe this is yours. <laughs> and then after there's a whole fiasco, the coach is like, get back to your room. Uh, Kate shows up, and John Tucker's like, what the hell? And Ooh, she's like... I guess it was four rooms, not three. <laughs> is that a good... <laughs> that, was a, that was a good impression. Is that a good impression? <laughs> voice. And uh, so she... The, uh, that, the next Monday, I guess... Uh, John Tucker runs up to Kate and is like, hey, uh, I'm sorry about what happened. And she's like, whatever, I guess I'm sorry, too. And John finally, in just like a moment of desperation, is like, look, I'm not trying to get with you anymore. I actually just like you. I want to date you for real. So here to prove to everybody that I'm whipped, take my wristwatch. 
<laughs> I mean, I guess that's something. It's like a, it's like the old school way of being like, here's like a pin or here's like my Letterman jacket. Oh, yeah. And in that whole speech, he actually uses the words locker room talk, yes. which was she, elicited a groan from our whole audience watching this movie because he was like, oh, you know, I'm actually into you. And she's like, oh, I'm not just some 82 Bordeaux. You want to uncork and pork? And he's like, that's just locker room talk. And we're all like, ooh, because that really didn't age well. It is not at all. And I mean, it was literally locker room talk. Like, they were in a locker room, but, like, big yikes for that one. Uh, Huge yikes. (laughs) But if you can ignore locker room talk, he's trying to be sweet. He is. And he... Like actually convinces her that she like that he likes her, and then she starts having more conflicted feelings. So that when she goes back to the girls to kind of report what's happening, uh, his birthday's coming up, so he like wants to bring her out and I guess show her off to everybody. Uh, Correct. And a few important things that are happening at this exact time at the same time. Everyone saw him and his thong in the hallway. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is the best part. So all of the men at their school. Uh, they're still weirded out at first, but then he goes to basketball practice and he's like, look what I can do in this breezy thong. And he runs and he does a front flip into a dunk, which first of all, he's not even tall enough to dunk anything, like Jesse, not buying it. Jesse he's 5'10". 5'10. Yeah, he, it's not happening, but he did a front flip and then duck, dunked. And then everyone in his basketball team puts on a thong, and they're all scoring these amazing baskets. And well, then everyone in the school starts wearing thongs, and that's they're doing a like lot. Harlem Globetrotter, like fancy tricks and stuff, and it's crazy. It's crazy. So he he becomes popular again through that. Uh, Kate- and then at the same time, what's his name? Pen Bagley. I can't say his last name. Is that Badgley. right? Badgley. I'm pretty sure it's Badgley. Pen Badgley. Yeah, he observes Kate walking out of the restroom, and then he sees the three girls walking out of the restroom. And somehow in his teenage boy mind, he's like, ooh, those girls are of different cliques. Oh, I'll bet they're all tricking my brother, and she doesn't actually want to date him. He connects all of these dots just by seeing them walk out of the bathroom, and it does not make any sense. Dude, Penn Badgley <laughs> should, like, join the FBI or something. Yeah, he, he figured it out, and he was like, oh, what are you doing? And, like, he yells at her in the hallway. It's a whole thing. Yeah, he gets mad at her for he being gets... the one to, like, trick him, which, like, sure, you shouldn't trick somebody, but also, like... Your brother, like, is a serial cheater and, like, a bad person. Yeah, I feel like he should have understood that. Because, sure, what she's doing is wrong, but, like, everything he's done for the past four years has been wrong, so... (laughs) I mean, possibly his entire life. Yeah, I don't know his life. I don't know what he's been doing, but... But, uh... He definitely gets a lot of the blame here, is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Then all the girls meet up again, and they all start arguing, and then at that point... It's revealed that all three, none of the girls are are over John Tucker. They argue that they're like, Kate, why are you in love with John? He's doing all these things, and that watch should be mine. And it's like, uh oh, okay, all of them. Oh, great, we all love him. (laughs) And that's kind of when they have like their big. He's hot, I get it. Their friend breakup, they all go their separate ways for like 30 seconds. And uh, that's when I think uh, Carrie uh, decides to make, make a video of all the things that they've filmed so far. And use it Which to Which we dis- barely talked about, the boob cam and stuff. I, it's fine. The technology doesn't make sense. Okay, <laughs> we'll keep going. We'll, well keep I, going. Yeah, we can go. We'll get back to that. <laughs> the, so John Tucker's having a party. 
Uh, then there's like the big moment where everyone sings happy birthday to him. They get a cake for him and some hot ladies pop out of it. And Carrie somehow convinces uh, John Tucker's best friend to play a DVD. Well, that makes sense to me because she's like the school. She does everything. Yeah. So it makes sense that she'd be like, oh, here's a video for John Tucker's birthday. I, I get it. He also it. knows that she's his ex-girlfriend. So like, Yeah, but he's he been like her? really weirdly comfortable with all of his exes the whole movie. <laughs> True. He does talk to them casually every yeah. once in a while. So... Uh, he so he takes the DVD and uh, as they're saying happy birthday, John Tucker pulls Kate up. He's like, "Hey, I want you to be on stage with me when we do my whole birthday celebration." And in that same moment, John Tucker, there's only one guy out there for me, and you are not him. That is the thing that Kate <laughs> said earlier that Carrie filmed and that plays on the loudspeaker in front of everybody. And Kate pulls the plug on the on the pulls the plug on the van. I, don't I know. guess. <laughs> uh, and basically, John's like, "What's happening?" And then Kate, I've been living a lie. Explains everything, like explains everything, but also explains nothing. Like if you go back and listen to the exact dialogue, none of that like would tell you what she's been doing <laughs> this entire time. Uh, but T- John Tucker realizes it. Uh, Kate ushers to like the fret like her you know the ex-girlfriends in the front to be like and then he's like oh I get it now I scorned these women all this thing and uh, then the men in the audience start getting mad at Kate for being up there and they're like why are you breaking up with him there's nothing wrong with dating all the finest ladies in school oh and John comes up and he's like I did something wrong I shouldn't have lied to all these women and he's like trying to apologize but all the guys in the audience are just like you didn't do anything wrong you dated hot babes ho 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 and he's like no I did do something wrong they're like no you didn't and they like won't let him get out an apology even though he's trying which makes Makes sense. But it's like the movie didn't want there to be a lesson because, like, at the very end of it, uh, all the girls go on stage and then, the, like, at, John Tucker just, like, shrugs at them, like, I can't convince them. So then Kate, like, throws cake at him. He throws cake at her, but at some point it turns into a friendly cake fight. And then all of them are friends now. I don't know. We They all start throwing cake at each other. I don't know if they're friends, but, like... Well, they do it in, like, a friendly, like, the music becomes upbeat again. And the, the, at, on the next school day... Is it Dirty Little Secret again, or I is think it something else? Again. <laughs> but Kate and John Tucker meet up, and they're like, Hey, sorry I lied to you, sorry I lied to you. If we're not going to be friends, let's at least have a truce. And then they shake hands and go their separate ways. And then we have my favorite redemption. My favorite. I love how this turns out is that, well, when he's talking to Kate, he's like, oh, I've learned I don't lie to women anymore. And he doesn't specify what that means. But she's like, oh, I'm glad you don't lie anymore. Great. Cool. And then he walks off and he comes up to some girl, some hot girl. And he's like, hey, Brittany, I'm making up names. I don't Mm -hmm. remember what it is. But he's like, hey, Brittany, um, I've been meaning to talk to you about something. He kisses her and he's like. I want you to meet, this is Lindsay. She's my other girlfriend. He walks off with two girls on both (laughs) arms, and they both look a little confused. But he's being very honest, so he's about to say that they're both his girlfriend. And, you know, polyamory, that's, like, his thing, and that's (laughs) great. As long as as he's honest about it, like, everybody has their own thing and their own way that everything works. You just have to be honest. Yes. And if he's going to be honest... I have no problem with polyamory. Just yeah. be truthful. And if the girls are going to be like, hey, that's not my thing, and walk off, that's great. But as long as he's honest, he's about being it. honest. So, like, his character did grow. 
Because there's nothing wrong with polyamory. It's actually a really There's something good, wrong with lying. It's actually a really good character growth thing. Like, yeah. That's what he could do. Like, and yeah. I mean, he didn't have to become monogamous. No. Like, he just needed to be honest. That's just who he is. <laughs> and so then Penn Badgley and Kate just become, you know, like a friends again in the thing. Uh, just because, you know, studio notes needed her to end up with a guy. He's just a walking studio note. And uh, they do that, and then all four girls are friends now, and it's like, wow, all these social circles come together. And that's basically the end of the movie, but we've got some end credit scenes mm. <laughs> where <laughs> at the very end, you find out that all the male teachers are now also wearing thongs. And then a, a weird one, these girls in Japan, who aren't just like Japanese girls, they're all like, Wearing like ex, like I forget ex- what that's called. Harajuku girls. It was Harajuku girls. Do you remember that? <laughs> it's been a while, man. I don't oh, know. it's been so long. The it was uh, the thing that Gwen Stefani sang about. Well, basically, a, gr- a right? group of three Harajuku girls get texts of John Tucker when he's being let out. When he's naked in his thong. And they all laugh at it. And they're like, "Holy Jama Lama!" in a very thick, fake Japanese accent. And, and it's that, really bad. And, and that's that, the last narrative content you see in this movie. Yes, so it's like lots of mediocre content, and then you just end on the worst note possible. <laughs> so that's John Tucker Must Die. <laughs> that was a really long summary because I kept interjecting. And oh, I'm I think very that's great. Sorry. No, we, we need to have, it's, it's good to have thoughts throughout. <laughs> uh, after talking about it, does that ch- does anything change how you feel, or do you, have, you have a good time talking about the movie? I mean, there's still just like a lot of nostalgia for me because I just I really loved this movie when I was younger. I still love it, even with all of its problems. I have a great time watching it, and I have a great time talking about it. But it has so many issues. Well, now that we've got <laughs> the issues, let's just jump straight into surgery. All right, what is some of the big ideas that you want to change about John Tucker Must Die? We have to cut the estrogen scene. I don't even know how I could fix that scene because anything you do with the joke of estrogen just implies that women are chemically and inherently a certain way, a certain stereotype, and And it's so bad. They're putting a chemical into someone's body without their consent. Also that. There's a lot of problems There's a lot of crazy stuff that they do. Like, do you want to replace it with anything, or do you think the the movie works... Like, if you just took that scene out, do you think the movie would continue as is? I think you could either just cut it out, or you could replace it with a different prank. I'd have to sit here and think about a different prank to think of an exact one. Mm -hmm. But God, there are an endless amount of pranks you could use. That would be funny. You didn't have to do that. It was unnecessary, and it has terrible messages, and it's like... This movie is trying to say things about women and female relationships with each other, and then they just bring out this heavy, heavy, heavy-handed stereotype, and it's just unnecessary. Well, it's also the second gag of the movie, really, because the first one is uh, the part where he's, you know... I mean, it's also not a great thing where he's getting pictures and it's like, he has genital herpes. Yeah, that's not great either. Yeah, we could go back to that one, too. It's yeah. not great either. Because like, I get... I get the idea of the joke, but, like, maybe if they don't, like, I think I think you could potentially get away with it if you don't do the part afterwards, where then you're making fun of people who actually have genital yeah. herpes. Because, like, I, I could buy, I could, I could go along with the joke of the girl he's on the date with not wanting to share a drink with him or have sex with him because he has genital herpes. Like, that's still not great. It's still bad. 
But then when we launch into seeing actual people with genital herpes, and I'm not going to lie, they purposefully cast people to play the people with genital herpes to look ugly, too. Like, that's a big part of the joke is that they're ugly and they have genital herpes. And it's just, it's really bad. It's very bad. It's just jokes at the expense of others, and it's not good. I mean, that's that's a staple of all comedies throughout all of time, and it we just, don't it have just, to. You do don't that. have to do that. It's annoying, and I don't like that they do that. And like they do a whole bunch of slut shaming. We do not like you can you can make like Sophia Bush's character like you know a little bit more experienced or like promiscuous, but it's just the only joke is that she's a slut sometimes. Yeah, and that's that's not funny. Which we come back around to, is vegan slut a stereotype? I don't know. I don't think it's a stereotype. No. Let me know. But it's just, yeah, every joke about her is just that she's slutty. And I'm doing air quotes. You can't see them, but they're happening. And not only her, because it's not like they just pick the one character to be, like, the slutty character. They also do it to Heather, a.k.a. Ashanti, all the time. They slut shame her, too. So it's both of them. Mm Mm-hmm. And then just random people in general, and it's just constant, and we don't ever address it. We're never like, hey, it's okay to have sex if you want to have sex. It's just like, ooh, these two girls, the only reason they got John Tucker is because they were putting out. Yeah. Like, that was the whole thing. Well, like, you know, it's it wouldn't be great to, like, make fun of vegans either, but, like, you could do so many other jokes where, like, maybe instead of her, like, being overly sexual, what if it's, like, she's, like, so vegan to the point of, like, like, hurting other people or, like, doing something weird with other people. Like, that could be her joke instead. If you're going to do a one-dimensional joke, you don't have to do it in a problematic way. I mean, I'm just trying to fix things in the way that they're doing them right now. Because the best way to do this is my one big note for everything is make sure that all of the characters are three-dimensional. Yes. Even not that they're not three. Make them two, because... It's the biggest major note. Surprisingly, John Tucker's a fairly three-dimensional character in this movie. They do a great job with John Tucker. John Tucker is interesting and he is compelling. Yes. When he starts to fall for Britney Snow's character, he becomes super interesting. Mm-hmm. He's like, ooh, I'm so popular and nobody pays attention to me and nobody knows the real me. And, like, of course that's a big stereotype with popular characters, but they really take it a step further and he's honestly interesting. Yeah. And they just... All of the female characters that we've been with the whole time are just walking stereotypes. We have the cheerleader, I guess vegan slut is a stereotype. I don't know, we're going with it. And the, like, academic character stereotype. And Mm -hmm. then we have, wrapping back around, to Kate, (laughs) who, she's so interesting because originally my note would be She's an empty shell. She has no personality. But they do that right around that some films and some books do where that's the point of her. That's the Mm -hmm. point of her. She's not supposed to have a personality. That's her whole thing is that she moves around so much that she adjusts her personality all the time. And that's why she doesn't have one. And that's why she doesn't know who she is is because she moves around so much. But it's kind of just a big excuse to not really give her a personality. Because I would say that like she even if she moves around a lot, that doesn't necessarily need to be the excuse because like. The you the best the example I think of right now is, is Mean Girls, where there's another movie about a girl who moves to a new place. But she had like, a personality the whole time. Well, and that's the thing. Is yeah. That just because she moved somewhere new and like didn't know anybody and like became you know a blank slate to these people, she had a personality that went from somewhere to somewhere yes. else. 
that they could have just given to Brittany Snow, and they she decided... She had nothing. She Brittany had nothing Snow to turn had off nothing. With. And they... And that's the, the big thing that I would do to make this better is actually take out the estrogen uh, prank. Yeah. I would take out all the pranks, honestly, and literally the first thing that they should do is decide, instead of pranking him in like a more juvenile way, they're going to just go hardcore right off the bat and be like, Kate, you're going to pretend to date him. And like with, you know, within like 10 to 15 minutes of the movie, we do that so that later on we can actually get to the part where Kate and John Tucker are like dating for real. And we can spend like a good... 15, 20, maybe even 30 minutes like on their relationship and that's how we get to know Kate better. If we're yeah. not going to establish her in the beginning, which they should they should really do. If which they tried. They really did. It sucks to watch them try because they had that spelling bee scene at the yeah. beginning and like all these other scenes to try and but, establish her. But, but they the, didn't. They just established, they established what her. other people thought of her and what her mom was like and what, what other people were like not what she was yeah so it was just she was just this empty shell the whole movie which is similar to a note that Sarah and I gave to Alice in Wonderland it's like it's a lot of things that when a lot of when men try to well actually a woman wrote Alice in Wonderland so I can't say that but a lot of times when men try to write women characters they try to write what they're not you're not like other girls you're not these other things it's then what I, are you? Yeah, exactly. Then what are you? And it would be great if they're not going to establish the beginning that maybe when she gets to know John Tucker more, the more that he's opening up to her, the more she feels comfortable developing a personality. Yeah. And developing and doing something else where it's like, you know, I, you know, I like certain things. Like the thing we know is that she likes cheap trick. That's yeah, it. That means nothing to me. Like, She's just a quirky shell, a quirky and, empty shell. And have them do that. And then even while they're doing that, the other three girls. Instead of getting mad at Kate, what if the three, that bonds the three of them together when they see Kate and John Tucker dating more and they admit to each other that they're still in love with him and then they can, they can develop more the three of them together to be like, hey, what if we were real friends? What if we did actual things together? Like, in yeah, a they're just, kind of way. they're just so mean to her the whole time and I would buy them being mean to her for a little bit, but it's just kind of like at a certain point, I just wanted them to be friends. Like, I didn't want them to keep being mean to her. It was yeah. unnecessary. They were so mean. She was precious. She was nice to them the whole time. She mm-hmm. invited them over. She bought them snacks. She, <laughs> she helped them with the revenge plan. She did, like, everything she could because she just wanted to make friends. She had no friends. Yeah. And they were just, like, nagging her endlessly. Just yeah. being so mean to her, being like, oh, you're not as pretty as me, and you're not as experienced as me, and you're not as whatever, and you don't even know what you're doing. What are you doing? You're in love with him? Stop being in love with him. Like, they just wouldn't leave her be, and they lot, wouldn't be her friend. <laughs> it'd be a lot more heartbreaking if they became friends, and, like, a lot of them, you know, they developed and had stuff that they did together. Maybe there's, you know, a scene of them going out, like, I don't know, fucking go-karting or some some bullshit where they go do something together as, like, friends. And then later on... Pass the Bechdel test when they see <laughs> And then later on when, like, the girls are deciding, all right, is it worth it to sabotage our friendship for revenge and they choose revenge, then it becomes sad. And you actually, like, feel something for these girls. And you feel something for anybody in this movie. And I especially want there to be something for Ashanti's character distinctively because never at any point in the movie did she surpass her stereotype I don't think I can't think of any moment off the top of my head mm-hmm. where she wasn't like bitchy slutty cheerleader stereotype there's just that's the only thing she was one thing I can say for Beth aka vegan slut um, 
She had some depth to her. She had yeah. some moments. She had, like, her weird bisexual subplot going on. Um, she was sweet sometimes. Yeah, she's she would good. come through and be sweet and be nice and be caring sometimes. Sometimes. She, she had moments of depth. Carrie was but somewhere in the middle. Carrie didn't have much either. Carrie was just, like... The the bitchy does everything overachiever at school, and they didn't really push her past that either. So, like, I think they gave a little bit for Beth, not enough, and then they gave nothing to Carrie and Ashanti. I'm gonna keep calling her Ashanti because she's fucking Ashanti. We, we, we always, <laughs> most of the time, Taylor, I just call everybody by their actor names just because it's easier. She's Ashanti. And the, you know what would also help with all of this is if we cut. Pen Badgley all together. Okay, yeah, let's go into that. Because Pen Badgley, if because that would also clear up so much screen time for all the girls to become yes, friends. But because also, he's so deeply unnecessary. I mean, God, I, I love Pen Badgley. Honestly, he's very cute in that movie. Back in the day, I thought he was adorable. I was into it. Mm. I loved it. I was into alternative music. I was like, ooh. <laughs> oh, so when he listened to I Cheap Trick, it. you liked it. See, but I didn't. I wasn't into Cheap Trick, but I understood, like, ooh, I listened to different music than the other music. Like, I was on board with that. I was into it. I loved his curly hair. I was all about it. But just, he He's, didn't add anything to the movie. He well, didn't it, need to be there. And it feels like it cuts a lot down that it's a, it's a, it is a movie about people being like, you don't need, like, you know, the significant other to mean something to you, especially if they're, they're working hard to get over this person. That just having another person just swoop in. Just and waiting in the wings. And he's he's been around the whole too. time. He's his brother, too. He's a, just another Tucker. Yep. Scott Tucker. Trying to tie him in more. But it's just like... I said before that he was like a walking studio note. It's like... It's like they didn't have him around. They had the whole movie put together and he wasn't there. And so mm-hmm. I was like, wait. She doesn't end up with anyone. She has to end up with the boy, or what's the point of the whole movie, right? What's the point of a girl's life if she doesn't end up with a man, right? The female director was like, no, we don't need that. And then the men executives were like, like, please. Right, she has to end up with a man. Otherwise, what's the point of her existence? And so they're like, let's get Penn Badgley. Badgley? I'm pretty sure it's Badgley. Badgley? Get Penn Badgley in here. And they just, like, write him in, and they add him into all the scenes. They're like, okay, he's here now. Is it better? And they're like, great. The end. I don't have much else, because it really is the broad strokes of <laughs> uh, take out the problematic scenes, make the characters... Especially the estrogen scene. Make the characters three-dimensional, <laughs> which is a, a big note That's to ask. That's a big note. That's a big fucking note. Not all the characters, but the four female characters that are in the lead, the man that they're trying to destroy is more of a three-dimensional character than the rest of them. Like, please make your actual leads of the movie three-dimensional. Take out Penn Badgley. Uh, How would you feel if this was like... This isn't going to be an actual note. What if John Tucker Must Die was a, a series instead of a movie? What if it was like, episode by episode you saw like, the deeper relationship that this that this girl was getting into with John Tucker and with these you know other three ex girlfriends and you could actually spend time like with these people because do you think that actually sounds like an interesting idea to like explore like to be like hey I'm you know getting closer with this guy but I'm doing it for revenge 
and my mom's got this weird thing going on, and if we're going to keep Penn Badgley, I'm also going to have this romance with this guy's younger brother. That sounds great. Yeah, if you spend more time on it, I, I would be interested, because already I'm honestly interested in John Tucker, because they spent enough time on him that his character is actually really interesting. Yes. And if they could have just spent all that time on the girls, too, I think they would also be very interesting. And if they could have each had their own plots, would have been great. Mm-hmm. I would totally be on board with that. That sounds yeah. incredible. It sounds like a really interesting idea uh, to, to to adapt into, like, a longer-form thing to see, like, a long-term goal. And even if, you know, a series would surpass where the movie went, I would be interested to actually see where these characters go once they become friends or, like, friendly. And, I don't know, I... If any studio executives are out there listening, please, uh, developed by credit, it would be fine. Yes, thank you. Uh, but, but, yeah. Yeah, just that would be great with me. And, I mean, especially if we made something that we could get rid of a lot of the problematic issues that mm-hmm. we've had, that we could just chop out. We don't chop need that. We don't need that at all. Unnecessary. Well, I've got, I've got something to share with you. There's an executive in the closet right now who's going to offer you $20 million mm. to rewrite this movie. Don't believe you at all, but Oh, thank good, because he's not there. It's just the cat. <laughs> Or even that, uh, we can jump into sexuality, because as much, obviously, there was not a lot of sexuality representation here. Mm -hmm. Uh, No gay characters, no bi characters openly. Openly. Um, We did have Beth, who wanted to make out with Kate, but for male gaze purposes. Um, I mean, it's better to have it in there than to not, I guess. I say say this as a bisexual woman who in middle school I really did appreciate that scene. I did like that scene. It was great. It's just looking back on it now, not the best representation because what I got out of it was like, yes, I might be bi, but guys will like it. (laughs) I think it's like the, you could have played with that more and not like, you know, in a played with, oh, let's see how many girls she can kiss kind of way. But it would be a more interesting movie if, like, you know, she liked John, they broke up, and now she's in this group and of And now she's into Kate. Yeah. That would have been great. I would have loved that. Even if but we didn't just, really do that. <laughs> you don't have to play, like, the fact that she's bisexual for a joke, but you could even play the fact that, like, now she has a crush on the girl that is now operating her plan of revenge as, like, a thing that could oh, be funny. That sounds like my ideal movie, honestly. <laughs> I well, would good love note that. for you. In the closet, I have an executive willing to offer you thirty Stop. million dollars. <laughs> uh, so, if yeah. only. So we've got uh, take out problematic scenes, make everyone three dimensional, uh, potential removal of Penn Badgley, uh, flesh out like a lot of backstory with mom and like other characters more, make them friends, make them not mean and like each other, and uh, diversification. Are there any other things that you think we need to That was a lot finish? of big notes. It, I feel like we, I'm good. <laughs> when the movies are better, we get into the more minutiae of things. And But, because but we, this had some big notes needed. <laughs> this, this needed another two to five drafts before being made into a movie. <laughs> yes. But that's a problem with a lot of, like, rom-com teen movies. I mean, we're starting to get a little bit better now, but yeah. especially cool. in this era, most of them would be like this. I would have the exact same notes for any film that came out in this time period, honestly. Well, I guess now that we're going to try and move out of surgery, what are your thoughts on the rom-com genre as a thing? And do you <laughs> think that, like, 
do you think there's like the how things have changed with like uh you know with with things like to all the boys of love before and like love simon and like some of the other ones that even if with to all the boys like we're still dealing with like a heterosexual romance like do you think they've gotten better even without representation just as movies, like, better of, like, telling these stories. I think they've gotten better because they've, honestly, it's all down to narrowing down the problems because, like, here we have all of these wide-set problems. We're missing representation from multiple groups. Mm-hmm. We have all these problematic issues. We have a million things to address, whereas, like, watching some of the more recent films, there's usually mm-hmm. just one big problem. Like, looking at Love, Simon specifically, I would say, like, the big issues are going to be race and class. But... Because everybody in the movie Almost everything else... Yeah, because they're all white and rich. But other than that, they've, like, almost fixed every other problem. I mean, the two black characters get together and love Simon. (laughs) It's been a while since I've seen it. But, like, it's... it's, What I'm trying to say is that they kind of narrowed it like, they're eliminating problems. Yes, they <laughs> And they only have a few of them left. So I hope that with time, I even... we'll keep eliminating more problems and eventually we'll have the representation we're looking for. Because I wouldn't even call that, like, it's not a problem. It just would be better if they did, like, a full, like, spectrum of representation. Because, like, they... If, if <laughs> Hollywood getting any credit is, like, okay, they made a major movie about a gay teenager. All right, one baby step. All right, <laughs> let's yeah, keep every going. baby step. Every I baby mean, step. I haven't seen Love, Simon in a while. Whenever you said that, I was more thinking of uh, Booksmart. A Booksmart. I was thinking great. about Booksmart. I love Booksmart. Booksmart has its problems because they eliminated so many issues. They don't have disability jokes. They, they're they great with gay representation by, mm-hmm. or, like, lesbian representation. They're great with women. But is that not the fucking whitest movie? It was the whitest movie because I think the <laughs> because people of color is there's one one of the drama dudes is black and the female love interest is Asian and I think that's it. Yeah, and an interesting point I I'm pulling this back to uh, the Bechdel cast because I've been listening to the Bechdel cast a lot and they did Booksmart and I loved it, but they kind of brought it back to just an interesting point that actually the men in that movie are super diverse. Like, there are black men, there are Hispanic men. Oh, yeah, there's the there guy are, American Vandal who's, like, the one of the funny, like, friends. Of yeah, the, yeah, they have very diverse men. They have gay men, they have straight men, they have basically every kind of man, and then all these white women. They have one woman of color. She's a black woman. Mm-hmm. And she's yeah. a predator. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. She's yes. He, but he's 20 <laughs> in the movie itself, too. Oh, he's 20. Yeah, she's a predator. <laughs> and so, like, that was an interesting point for me where I was like, even this movie that I saw, I saw Booksmart, and when I saw it, I was like, man, this is some progressive shit. I love this movie. Progressive as fuck. I, like, looked back on it. I'm like, it's still not all the way there. We're still working on it. Like, it's an improvement. It's an improvement in so many ways compared to the rom-coms that I grew up on. 
but it's just, it's still not quite all the way there, and we're still working on it, and eventually, I think we will get there. We're just not quite yeah. there yet. Well, anyone who listens to the to the podcast who heard the, the 2019 check-in is that that's my favorite movie of the year. It's, it's a like, great it's so, movie. It's so good. Cause it's so good. It's, it's a thing that, if you're listening now, please go, please go see Please Booksmart. go see Booksmart. Want, I really do love it. If you want to see the movie that John Tucker wasn't, <laughs> go see Booksmart. It's a great movie. Uh, it's just, I mean, every movie has things that could be fixed. Yes. I've never seen a perfect movie. So my complaints are, you know, take them at that value. Uh, but yeah, any final thoughts before we uh, we check out? I don't know. I still love John Tucker Must Die. <laughs> I recommend watching it if you haven't. It's a good time. Uh, we had a great time. We had uh, our... Our, our producer and editor, Matt, watched it with us. and yes. he's, He'd never he's, seen it before. He'd never seen it before as much as we've seen it like a hundred times. So it was lovely to see the movie through fresh eyes. Yes. I've also almost had an entire bottle of wine, which I think you need to watch John Tucker Must Die. <laughs> Uh, wow, it's I can see it. It's completely finished. It's I told empty. you, almost an entire bottle of wine. Wonderful. It was also because... I was nervous to do a podcast, but, but hey, here I am. You did a very good job, and I hope that everyone at home agrees with you. And if you do agree <laughs> with us, leave five stars on iTunes. Give us Thank a review. You. Subscribe. Uh, like all the things. And in addition to that, please let me know if you've ever heard the stereotype of <laughs> vegan slut, because I really need to know if that's a thing. If, <laughs> leave, it, leave it in the in the review. Uh, we have a, uh, a, a Gmail account, so if you want to send us an email at Full full title Doctor Script Podcast at gmail dot com. Wait, do you spell out doctor? Yeah, spell out doctor like D O C T O R Script Podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, if you've got any vegan slut stories, please <laughs> tell us about them. Uh, and yeah, and uh, yeah, follow on all the social media things. It'd be great to hear from you there. Uh, all that. Keep up with us, uh, and hopefully we'll get these out uh, on a regular basis. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, what the next podcast is because Taylor keeps the entire schedule except for when I get to take over and do these <laughs> things. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> please c- come back next time and hopefully we'll have some other uh, great good stuff for you. So long. Thank you.